Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I am so stoked that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. My friend, there is a seat here for you at the table, and I so hope that you choose to be a part of this community. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host Paige and I am so thankful that you are here joining us today. I have such a great conversation coming up with Leah. It is definitely my longest interview yet and you guys, we could have kept going, but we had to cut it off at some point, but I hope that gives you a preview of just how good it is. I've said it before, but I am going to say it again. If you'd be so kind as to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes, it means so much to me. I read every single one and then I read it to my husband and then I read it to my mom because it just gets me so excited and truly continues to encourage me as I carve out time to create this show in between naps and evenings and even more than that it helps other like-minded women find the show and I truly consider this show a ministry. I pray that it meets all of you guys where you're at whether you are like seeking community or just really in a new season of life and wanting to um, learn from other women and from things that they've walked through and experiences that they've had. I pray that it just feels like you're hanging out with a friend and that it is a highlight of your week. I'm so excited to tell you about today's episode. It is with Leah Roberts, who is half of the duo Poor Bishop Hooper, their band, and the other half is actually her husband, Jesse, which I think is so cute. They are in this band, Poor Bishop Hooper, based out of Kansas City. She's also a mom to three kids, two of which are twins. And this episode encouraged my heart so much because I could just tell that Leah is so in love with Jesus, you guys. Like, she genuinely loves the Lord so much. And just from, like, the start of our conversation... I was encouraged by feeling like the Holy Spirit on her. It was just so incredible. Um, But we chat about music and how she and Jesse got into playing their band together and also the journey of their relationship, as well as her love for scripture and her experiences in motherhood and kind of how all of these different things, music, marriage, the Lord and motherhood, how they all intertwine. And she just has such great encouragement practical advice stories I think you will laugh I think you will cry and it is just a really wonderful episode so let's go ahead and get started Leah welcome to the podcast I am so thrilled to be chatting with you this morning thank you me as well So you and your husband are a part of a band called Poor Bishop Hooper, which my husband actually introduced me to um, a while back. I think you guys just popped up on our Spotify, and I think it is wild because I don't know if I told your husband this on um, our like email thread when we were scheduling this, but we are Kansas natives too. So we are from the like Newton area. Yeah. Um, so I know your guys' background too. We're like super close. I'm sure we have some mutual people as Kansans do who we know. 
That's amazing. Which is so fun. Where are you now? So we were in California for a couple years. Um, I went to Azusa Pacific and my husband went to school in Irvine. But we just moved back like three months ago to Wichita. So it is kind of crazy. We are like back where we like went to high school and all of this. We were in Wichita last weekend. Way. Were you guys playing a show at all or no, just visiting some people? No. Jesse's grandfather passed away. And oh. he loved the Lord and it was a beautiful it was just a beautiful weekend. Wow. I love Wichita. Wichita's a great place. Yes. Oh, it's it's so fun. Like I think there have definitely been some adjustments. Like we're not outside as much as we were in California, which is sad, but like the zoo's amazing. The exploration place, like it is so nice to be able to take our girls places. That's so, awesome. It's great. Cool. So, um, can you just start off by telling us a bit about your family, what you do, and where you guys are at? Because you're in Kansas City, is uh-huh. that right? Yes. Okay. So, family is me and Jesse, and then we have three kids: twins that are seven and a four-year-old. Um, yes, we live in Kansas City, Missouri, which, you know, we got married and um, just, you know, through the Lord and the way that he just opens avenues and you just kind of don't really know you're following him sometimes, but you are. Um, we ended up in Kansas City and we thought we're both from small towns in central Kansas. And we thought, well, I bet by the time we have kids, we'll move to a smaller town because we're not necessarily um, city. We love we love where we are, but the perks about living in Kansas City, we don't necessarily um, thrive on. We thrive on the zoo as well. Uh, actually, somebody the other night just moved to Kansas City and we do this uh, prayer night at our house on Monday nights. And this guy came over new to Kansas City and he's like, okay, where should I go? And I was like, the zoo. And he's like, what? That was really fast. I'm like, yeah, you got to go to the zoo. It's awesome to be outside. It's always different. So, um, but we figured we would move somewhere, you know, maybe not necessarily home home, though it could have happened at least a little bit farther out of the city. But we're still here and we're coming up on nine years being married. And when we had our twins, we thought by the time they get in kindergarten, will probably move. And now they're in first grade and we they're at a amazing school, like better than I could have ever imagined school. I'm just so pleased with where they are in school because as a mother, I stayed at home. I've stayed at home with them. And so um, thinking about them going to school was like ripping my heart. <laughs> but um, we homeschooled kindergarten and then through some friends heard about this other, it's a private classical Christian school and um, they do half day through second grade. And it just, it just has been beautiful. I don't have to have the pressure of homeschooling, which was beautiful and very difficult and props to all the moms who do it. It's like, that's like a full-time, double-time, triple-time job. Yeah. But it's just been beautiful to have them go to a school that we trust and we love and Anyway, so we're in Kansas City, and our four-year-old will probably do some sort of preschool next year. So as in motherhood, it feels like once I kind of, you know, you kind of get your stride, something up and changes, and yes. you're out again. 
but uh, Kansas City is good, and we'll see. We're here now, and it doesn't feel like necessarily anything is changing at this point, but, you know, learning that art of being content wherever the Lord has you. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, yes, and that is even something I feel like God is already using to, like, minister to me this morning because we moved here um, a couple months ago, and it's been great, but I've also had these moments of, like, what did we do? We had this community and we've lived our whole adult lives in California. And though we knew we didn't want to be there forever, I've still felt like this awkward stumbling as I'm like trying to make friends and figure all of these things out being in a new place. Yeah. Yeah. But I love, I love that your kids are out of school that you feel so good about because yes, you're so right. Like as a mom, just thinking about them spending a huge part of their time and their day. And that is just like so formational. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to think about like giving up, not just control, but also you just love them and you love spending time with them. And that's like a sacrifice in a lot of ways to send them off with different people. So that's huge. Yeah, I love that. Well, I would love to hear a bit how you and Jesse connected, yeah. um, how you guys met, got married, and even like you had twins as your first. You thought you were having one baby. And so I would kind of just love to hear about your family's journey yeah. um, and what those early years were like for you. Oh, man. So um, let's see. Oh, the Lord is so cool. My freshman year of college, I was, I mean, dating this guy. And he was working at this church camp, actually an hour outside of Wichita in Fredonia. It's called Westminster Woods. Oh, one of my high school friends really loved going there a lot. I never went, but she she loved it. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, the guy that I was dating, I mean, I say like dating, we had started dating right before summer break. And so I basically feel like we didn't really date, (laughs) but... um, He started working out at Westminster Woods and he was talking to these other guys that he was sharing like a a room with, a cabin with about me and was like, yeah, she's great. Uh, I just don't really know. And Jesse happened to be in the room sharing with, uh, like living with him. And Jesse was like, dude, it sounds like, sounds like you're not really that into her. It would, you know, be fair if you just like broke up with her. And so Jesse <laughs> led this guy to break up with me, which was just the pain of my life at the time, you know, but also extremely formational in like my love and devotion for the Lord. Cause then I was a freshman after my freshman year of college, I was at home, all of my friends had moved away and I just would, I worked at a flower shop in town. And then after work, I would go and watch the sunset, like right on this hill, right outside of town and just pray turn on worship music and like dance on this dirt road and just sing. And it was huge. It was like the, I would say like the moments that I knew that it was more than just like going to church and saying you're a Christian. It was like a beautiful encounter of relationship with the Lord. So then the next summer I thought, I really like that guy still. I'm going to work out there in hopes that maybe he'll like me again. And so, you know, you just do those silly things for some reason, but the Lord works it together in amazing ways. Yes. <laughs> so I got a job out at the camp and that's where I met Jesse. 
And um, the other guy, I quickly was like, what was I thinking? No, not right at all. So, but it got me working out at this camp. And it was Jesse's last summer out there. He had just graduated college and he was leading the music. And a mutual friend of both of ours uh, told Jesse, hey, Leah sings and she got a job out there at camp. You should ask if she would be on the worship team. And so he asked and I said, yes. And it's this tiny church camp. Anyways, it was just a beautiful summer. And Jesse was a friend of mine. And I don't remember much about him that summer, except it was awesome to lead worship with him. And it just felt like there was like some sort of connection where I just knew what he was going to do. Or it's just really looking back. I remember just feeling really comfortable leading worship alongside of him. Anyways, and so the summer ended and um, I did like a short term mission trip, like three weeks with some college uh, friends before school started again. Anyways, and Jesse was interested in that trip. And so when we got back, I called him and this other girl that uh, was also interested and just told him about the trip and all. And then fast forward the next year, I was asked to be the team leader for the missions trip that we did. And we desperately needed guys. And so I asked our missions director if I could ask Jesse because I had, you know, some, a sort of a friendship with him. I knew who he was. I trusted him. Yeah. And we really needed guys. We were doing, we were partnering with this beautiful ministry that went into all of these bars in Thailand where there's prostitution and um, just building relationships with the women and getting to a point where you can say, Hey, do you like your job? And all of them Mm. said no. And then being able to say, hey, well, you can go, um, we're staying with some friends and they house women and they teach them different tools, making jewelry, cooking, uh, all sorts of different things to have them uh, just be available for another job. Anyways, we really needed some more guys because there was, I think, eight of us girls, me as a junior in college. And then I think most of them were freshmen. And then there was one other guy who was uh-huh. also, um, it was his freshman year. And so I was like, oh, I really would like some other guys. And so yeah. the missions director said I could ask Jesse. And uh, because Jesse was interested in it the year before, we did the same work. And Jesse said yes. And so he then became my assistant team leader. He's just a great friend. I felt really comfortable with him. Interestingly enough, he was in a very long-term relationship at the time. And so it was just, he was a guy to be friends with. Wow. And so we went over there and there was one moment when um, we would take turns, like following one person as they just, and we, the people behind would just pray for the leader and they would walk through all of these bars and just um, feel where the Holy Spirit was leading them. And then that's where we would go. And it was Jesse's turn to lead, lead us. And so I was like behind him praying and uh, just, you know, asking the Lord for guidance and that uh, Jesse would follow his leading and hear him well. And we walked down this one street and then Jesse turned around and was like, I don't, I don't think that was the right street. And in that moment, it was like the Lord lifted this veil and I was like, whoa. And I had to look away. It's like, oh my gosh, What? I can't look at him because surely he just felt what I felt, which he didn't. <laughs> he had no clue. Looking back, he's like, oh, I, I don't know. But this is like such a big moment for well, you. Moment that was like, oh my gosh, my heart just like boomed. 
And I <laughs> had to look away because I was just like all of a sudden captivated by him. But that was like the last two, three days of our trip. And I was like, okay, well, you know, we're going back and I'm going to Sterling. I was at Sterling College, which is like an mm-hmm. hour away from Wichita. And he was living in Lawrence. He had already graduated college. And I thought, well, when we get back home, I'll never see him again. Long story yeah. short, uh, it was like, I don't know, two years later, we started a relationship. We started dating. Okay. But wow, that's like a progression of multiple encounters at camp and then this trip. Yeah. And it wasn't like, you know, you met at camp and by the end of the summer, you're like dating and that's it, you yeah. know? So it was a long of- two years in between. I was in college and I loved being single. I loved I loved reading my Bible like all through the night and just loving the Lord and reading commentaries. And I just, I loved, I loved being single and being, because for the first time I was single and confident in who the Lord made me to be in high school and such. My identity was always in who I was dating and it wasn't me myself. And for the first time I knew that the Lord loved me and I had identity in him and I didn't have to change who I was for someone to like me anyways. And so I loved it, but I couldn't get Jesse out of my mind then, you know, after Thailand and, you know, for those two years until we started dating. And I was kind of frustrated, like, Lord, I haven't been interested in anyone. I'm totally happy being alone, but I can't stop thinking about Jesse. But the Lord worked it together. And then we did start dating. And Jesse was in a touring band at the time, a secular band. He wrote all the music. It's fantastic. Awesome. They were on the up and up trajectory of success or whatever. We had just started our dating relationship. And I had read this book, um, Boundaries, When to Say Yes, When to Say No. Mm -hmm. It was really influential. And um, I just had this moment of if Jesse's going to continue doing this, you know, secular rock star life, as much as I want to be with him, I don't want that lifestyle for the for what I want for a marriage and for a family. And so I told him that I wasn't cool with what the way things were (laughs) and um, ended up he quit the band and we got married. And the people in the band, some of them still have a big hatred towards Jesse because he, you know, crumbled their life. But I'm so thankful that he, I don't know, I'm just so thankful that he was willing to give up that. And so now, um, our first year of marriage, we shared one part-time job and we didn't make much money, but we ate every meal together and we were together all the time. And Our motto was like, if you can do it together, do it together. We just did everything together. Wow. And just like laying the foundation for our marriage. And I don't regret it at all. Um, And still, we still, if we can do it together, we do it together. And I love that. Yeah, we just did everything together. And we were married for like six months and found out we were pregnant. And then my first appointment, the doctor was like, let's get a sonogram and see. And Jesse, when they went to get it already, was like, I'm not going to be upset if there's one, but I really think there's two. And I was like, okay, I still can't believe something's growing inside of my belly. This is so crazy. Yeah, because can I ask, was getting pregnant like a shock to you guys or were you not totally surprised? Because I think I get so many messages from listeners who are like, I've been married six months or this is my first year of marriage and I just found out I'm pregnant. What the heck? Like. You know, so so what was that 
experience like for you? Yeah. Well, so we got married and then three days later, my sister's husband died and she was 30 with three kids. I would say she's similar to you. They got married really young and had kids right away. And so he passed away. And so we were, we were driving to our honeymoon and we turned around and went and slept in my nephew's bunk bed and cared for my sister and cleaned up things that needed cleaned and listened to her cry. And it really like, I think it really rooted our marriage and what are we doing in this? Yeah. You know, looking back, my, my sister was 30 and her oldest um, was, oh, was she, I think she just turned nine because she was, she had just turned old enough that she could sit in the front seat of the car. Mm. And it was, um, I don't know. It just really made us think just going to funerals and death itself really puts life into perspective pretty quick. And uh, we just made the choice that we wanted to pursue family and relationship above everything else, trusting that it takes three to make a baby. We can have a plan, but ultimately the Lord is going to make it happen in his time. And his time is always better. Not that, you know, you can't have your own plan and prevent pregnancy for a couple of years or whatever. And then, you know, the Lord still will bring glory to himself if you're willing. But we just felt like we wanted to, just release that unto the Lord. Mm. And so I would say it was a shock in as much that I'd never had pregnancy before. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we were kind of prepared that it could happen. Cool. The twins yeah. was kind of a shock too. But um, yeah. But it sounds like Jesse like had this Holy Spirit feeling. Were yeah. there twins in either of your families? Was that ever something you had considered or was that kind of like out of the, out of the blue? My, I have i I'm one of five kids and the sisters right above me are twins. Okay. And so, and then, so my mom had twins and then my mom's sister also had twins. So okay. It, they're fraternal. So and I think fraternal is more of a genetic trait. And mm-hmm. so I would say that having had twins in my family, it didn't feel like a total total surprise. Yeah. But it, you know, still is surprising and amazing. Oh my gosh. Yes. Pregnant is just like, I can't say my favorite thing in life, but totally just wrapped up in so much mystery. And it's such a pleasure to like partner with the Lord in creating life. And we just do nothing. I mean, we make choices to facilitate health and things like that. It can it can be just such a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. So then we had twins and then I started staying at home and we were working for a church at the time. And then uh, there was just some church conflict and the church just was over in a weekend, which was really heartbreaking. <sighs> but the twins were one and then we kind of scrambled around for a while, landed on our feet. Of course, the Lord always provided for us and always took care of us. Yeah. But then had another kid, and um, we live in this house in Kansas City. Some friends of ours own it, and they're both doctors, and they love the Lord. And they bought a house to do ministry out of, and they let us live here for free. And what? Like that's like. And Jesse has this whole third floor for his studio. He works from home, and we still eat every meal together. <laughs> mm. and it's beautiful. What a gift. You know, that it's not necessarily, it hasn't always been steady or predictable. You you just choose what you're willing to sacrifice. 
and we've chosen that family isn't the thing that we're willing to sacrifice. We'll sacrifice money and comfort and the leisure that um, finances can give for the sake of relationship. And it's been so far, you know, I would definitely say I don't regret a minute of it. Yeah. And I love, I love hearing your experience with that because I think that was a lot that was similar to the way that John and I talked and thought before we had kids. And then I feel like suddenly we realized we were responsible for, you know, someone other than ourselves. And I think we are trying more and more to like get back to that willingness to put relationship above everything else because it feels like we have these babies and we have rent and like, yeah, you know, it's so easy to just let this narrative that like money has to like drive and rule our lives. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, again, especially as, as we have babies that we love and want to take care of, but it's like, yeah. ultimately when I think about it, they don't need all of these extra things. They just need my like love and attention, yeah. you know? So I love that that is a value that you guys have implemented and just really valued in your yeah. family. That's such a gift to your children too. It reaps rewards for us as well. Yeah. There's relationship and when, when um, disobedience or when, you know, friction in the family arises, when it's all built on relationship and when we care for each other's heart first and then address choices, it reaps benefits for us because they have a relationship with us and Lord willing, they will as they grow. And I want Mm. a relationship with them more than I want them to have the best clothes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. A goal of mine this year is to read more. I used to love reading as a kid, and that's something I really want to model for my girls. That's why I'm so thankful to be partnering with Faith and Life, a small Christian bookstore selling books both in-store and online. Faith and Life carries a wide variety of both Christian fiction and nonfiction, various Bible translations, and some gifts as well. A few books I'm hoping to read this year are Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen and Live No Lies by John Mark Comer. I love supporting small businesses when I can, and I know so many of you guys feel the same way. So you can visit faithandlifebookstore.net to get your next book shipped straight to you. Use the code PAGE10 to get 10% off your order. That's page 10 to get 10% off from Faith and Life Bookstore or click the link in our show notes. So I would love to hear a bit more about how you're in Jesse's music. I don't know. Would you call it a career? Would you call it a ministry? Is it both? But poor Bishop Hooper itself, how did that come to be? We ended up going on a, we call it our second honeymoon. <laughs> we went to North Carolina and we stayed in this little tiny cabin in this little tiny town. But on like Thursday nights at the coffee shop in the town, a bunch of people brought instruments and they played bluegrass. And it wasn't just like anybody. It was like this nine-time Grammy Award winning guy played his fiddle and sang. There was a guy who at the time, you know, had a oxygen tank and a guitar, but he had played with Elvis Presley and he came up and it was just like, how are we here? There's like 20 people here. What is going on? This is so amazing. But um, there was a woman playing with them who was playing an upright bass. And Jesse and I were like, that would be good for me to learn because I could play the guitar and I could play the piano and Jesse can play like everything. (laughs) We just thought rather than, you know, a a typical or like an easy go to is like a keyboard and a guitar. 
it would be nice to have two acoustic instruments that we could just carry and play kind whenever, wherever. Yeah. And so I learned how to play the upright bass and we did all sorts of random Christmas parties and there's this uh, antique district downtown and we played there um, the first weekend of every month just for tips, uh, just to make, I don't know, just to make some money. And, and because um, doing, pursuing music together was something that we wanted to do and we just didn't know exactly how the kind of the typical model or the typical thing that you see is people leading worship at churches and kind of climbing a a ladder of worship leading um, a small church, you know, with the hopes of getting to a bigger one or whatever. Mm -hmm. Glory be to God for the people who do that. But that just like, wasn't necessarily what we desired. Um, And we didn't know how it would work. And so we would just play music. And then we have this one set of music called Golgotha, which um, is 14 songs that basically that lead through the uh, biblical stations of the cross. At the time we were working for a church and the pastor was just so encouraging for everyone on staff to use their unique giftings in the way that they felt the Lord um, giving them the ability to. And so we talked to him about making um, a Good Friday service. And so we went out actually to Westminster Woods where we also, we met there and we got married there and we still go out there like often. Um, And so we went out to Westminster Woods for this writing retreat. I was pregnant with the twins. And so I slept a lot (laughs) and Jesse did a lot of the writing and I contributed some, but mostly Jesse, I was asleep. (laughs) But um, then we, I don't, we hosted the, church service and played those that those songs and at the end of it we're like wow that was really beautiful and we had no intention of it being any more than just a good friday service for our church community the next year we did it again at our church and one other church and then the next year we did it again at a couple other churches kind of in the lent season and one of um at one of the i, I don't want to call them like shows but I guess that's the most accurate word for it, I guess, though it's not necessarily intended to be a show. It's like a yeah. <laughs> engaging through the story of Jesus from the garden to the tomb slowly in song and, um, you know, just setting apart time for that. So uh, whatever you want to call that. Yeah. Um, but at the end of one of them, a friend of ours, brother came up and he said, are you guys a nonprofit? And Jesse said, no. And he's like, well, tell me when you are and I'll write you a big check for, for this. And we're like, whoa, okay. We had no idea what that even meant. And so we started to look into it. Anyways, it led us to um, this place where, oh, it's just amazing. So our band is a nonprofit, a ministry, and we just, we get to write music and we love the scriptures like the scriptures are enough. They're enough for us to like meditate and think on our whole life. Um, not that, you know, other people's revelations and interpretations are not good, but the scriptures are, are enough. And so we just feel like you just, there's an, there's so much in the scriptures. And even for myself, I was raised in the church and I had never read my Bible, you know, but it's full of beauty and mystery. And, um, it's this, massive story that I knew bits and pieces of, but I didn't know how it all worked together. 
Anyways, and so we just love taking the scriptures through through the stories or just, you know, right now we're in the Psalms project and just singing actual scripture. And then we just any we just give it away for free. And it's been it's been so beautiful to see the way the Lord takes care of us as we I don't know, aspire to treasure and just I don't know, make his word more readily available and accessible. Yeah. I love that. I love your heart and I can just like hear in your voice how much you genuinely deeply love the word of God. And I would just love to ask, like, I know you kind of shared about your time when like you were single and just like really diving into God's word. And obviously that just like laid such a foundation for you. But one of, I think the biggest topics or questions that Mm -hmm. I hear from a lot of new moms, moms with young kids is like, how do I do this? How do I, I don't have time to like have my cup of coffee and have my Bible and have my journal and have peaceful, like one hour of uninterrupted time with the Lord. And as you were saying earlier in motherhood, it's like, as soon as you feel like you have one thing down, something's always shifting. And I think Mm -hmm. for me, like when I first had, when I had my first daughter, I just kind of kept telling myself like, well, someday when, you know, when she's sleeping through the night, then I'll implement this thing. And I just kind of hit this point when she was like nine months, I was like, whoa, I am not spending time with the Lord and I need that. And I don't think like anything is ever really going to slow down or change. And so I would just love to know kind of what has that journey been like for you? How has it changed as far as like making time to be in the scriptures and be with the Lord? But also as a mom with, you know, you started out with twins. So, so what has that been like for you? You know, it's just, it, I, I feel like it had, it's not easy. You know, when I, I feel like it's even started when we got married and I love being with Jesse all the time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, we would like read our Bible together at night, but I just love being with him. And I think that there's grace and beauty in that as well. And that like, gives the Lord glory and honor as well when we're truly loving our spouse and investing in that relationship that is good, but it should never trump the Lord. But I think Mm. that he has like mercy that there's a new season of you're newly married. I think of that passage. I don't know. I think it's in like numbers or Deuteronomy. It's like one sentence. And it says, when a man gets married, his first year of his life, he's not to go to war, but he's to stay at home and learn his wife. Like, okay. Wow. So you've given us permission, Lord, that for this first year, at least back then, it was like commanded. He's not to go to war. He's to stay at home and learn his wife. Like, learn me, Jesse. Like, yes, let's be together. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And so, you know, as long as you're practicing healthy habits, you know, still like being in the community, I mean, we did everything together, even like friendships and all. Um, there was one weekend that Jesse went and like went to a friend's house cause they were getting married and they went to a baseball game and like just celebrated him before he got married. And when Jesse came back for one night, we're like, we're never doing that again. <laughs> like that was great and beautiful, but we don't want to do that again. Like, I don't want to not sleep with you. I don't want to not see you at night. And then when I wake up and so I do think that, you know, when you get married, it's like a a new season and it's different. 
and then I, I think that at that time we had a unique situation because we were sharing a, one job. And so yeah. part of that job every morning from nine to 11, the whole staff read their Bibles. We all like were in a room, we read Bibles, read commentaries, read other, you know, biblically enriching books or whatever you want to call them. And so that was already kind of implemented in our job. Yeah. But then when the twins came along, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I read my Bible like five times that year, (laughs) you know, but I did turn on worship music. There's, I don't know if you're familiar, there's an International House of Prayer here in Kansas City. They yes. for short, but it's the yeah. House of Prayer. But they have, um, you know, worship and prayer nonstop for the last, I don't know, 20 some years. Yeah. And I just turned that on all the time because I wasn't at a place where I could make the coffee and set and journal and, oh, and just like enjoy the quiet of that. But someone else could, and they mm. were streaming it live and singing the scripture and then like just advancing on the scripture they were singing. And so I just leaned on someone else who was able to do that and would turn it on. And, oh my gosh, I, I have like so many distinct moments sitting there, like feeding the twins and being like weeping, listening to this person sing, like, don't act as though you deserve it. I don't love you because of what you do. I love you because it's who I am. And just weeping and being, yes, Aiden Rufus, I don't want you to do I just, I get it in a new way. I get the Lord yes. in a new way because I'm a mom and I understand I'm never going to not love you. And yeah. I needed to lean on someone else who could set aside the time to do that um, in that, in their time of life. And so I think that that was crucial in those times And then um, when Ada and Rufus were one and a half, it was my birthday. And Jesse, for one of my birthday gifts, told me to go to my favorite coffee shop. It's this tiny little thing. And they have like beautiful outdoor seating. And it's just simple and not very busy. And there's a little, little tiny little creek that's right next to it. And I love being outside. And that's one of my struggles of living in Kansas City is just not oh, I love hearing the birds and just like hearing the wind blowing and more helicopters and things like that, which I'm very thankful for the way that people give their time to help others. But anyway, so I sat there and I had like three hours and I came back and was alive. And Jesse was like, wow, we're doing that next week. And Mm. since they were one and a half every week, he's given me three hours alone and I read my Bible. And I just, you know, it takes a while to transition your mom brain. And it takes a while of just like staring out the window, just kind of existing. I don't know where your brain goes for a while, but you know, when you've got 20 minutes, you can't like, ah, I'm wasting precious time. But when you have three hours, you can permit a couple Mm. brain fogs and things like that. But I understand that Jesse and I's situation has allowed for him to do that. And not every husband and wife has the ability for uh, their spouse to just give him three hours. But I will say um, in one of my discipleship things with another mother, as I was an early mom or young mom or whatever, I asked her how she did it. And she said that she just gives her first fruit of her time. The first moment that she can, she gives it first to the Lord. 
And I was really encouraged by that because, um, you know, she has multiple kids and a husband with um, a lung disease and she has a lot on her plate and her just saying, yeah, sure. I'd love to wake up early every morning and have this wonderful moment, but sometimes that doesn't happen. And so I give my first fruit to him when the kids actually are napping. I go straight to him. I don't go to my phone. I don't go to the dishes. I don't go to, you know, picking up the food that's on the floor. I give my first fruits to him. And I really tried my best to implement that as well. And now I'm at a stage where our kids all sleep through the night and our um, son Rufus is a seven-year-old and he wakes up so early. He's like Jesse. They just need less sleep and I need more sleep. Mm -hmm. He has a watch now. And he has to stay in bed (laughs) until 6.50. And so I wake up as best as I can, like a little after six. And I know that he's going to come running down at 6.50. But I know that for, you know, 30, 40 minutes, I have a little bit of time. And I, you know, it's one of those things like I want my kids to love the word. And so they have to see me love the word. Yes. Just like I want my kids to tell their friends about Jesus. And so when, when I was, uh, when they were all at home, we would go to the park. And as we walked there, I'd pray, Lord, let us be your hands and your feet here today. And then sometimes we'd, we'd walk up and I'd say, Ada and Rufus, because they were older and Finney was younger. I feel like the Lord wants me to tell that mom that Jesus loves her. Will you pray for me for courage to do that? And then I would go and talk with the mom. And then, you know, sometimes it would be really amazing. And sometimes it was like, oh, thanks, you know. But then I would tell them, thank you for praying for me, for the courage to do that. Because I want them to know that it's something worth sharing. And I, and they learn by example. Even in sharing the love of Jesus, they learn by example. And so um, I've wanted to the utmost of my ability to example, loving my Bible. And I'm so happy, you know, Jesse has this friend. Oh, he did something. I can't remember what it was. And it was, um, he asked his kids to impersonate the dad and they went right to like pretend scrolling and it broke his heart (laughs) and was like, shoot. Yeah. Even in the, like the right motivations, you know, I'm sure the dad doesn't scroll on Facebook and nonsense media all the time. Um, yeah. But still, that was the kid's first response of impersonating their dad. Mm. And um, I am very pleased not to like self-boast or something, but just to testify that when the kids talk about me, they talk about, well, mom reads her Bible. And then every night I read, every night I tell them everything that I read in the morning, which is a really good practice for me because wow. I actually read it. And then yeah. at night before bed, it's like, tell us what you read today. Wow. And I tell them everything that I can remember and for the, in the hopes that they will see that it's something worth reading. And when they leave the house, I want them to know more about the Bible than anything else, you know, obviously about Jesus and not that the, that we learn about the the Lord only through the Bible, but that's like huge tool. I think yes. anytime. Yes. So um, that was all, I hope that kind of, led through the question of giving time, giving my first fruits to him. I don't like waking up early, but I wake up early to be with the Lord. Yes. Because I have to, 
And I know um, for a time now, I can be sleepy and drowsy and sacrifice that to the Lord, but I know every sacrifice to meeting him will be greatly rewarded when I know his face better before I see him. So it's it's all worth it. Wow. I was like tearing up multiple times as you were talking because my youngest right now, just after 3 a.m., she's just like off and on awake. Um, and we do co-sleeping. So she's like right there and I can just hear her making these noises. And then she's ready to nap at seven when I'm like ready to wake up for the day, Yeah, you know? And so I feel like just this idea of like giving our first fruits to the Lord, I feel this like tension in my heart because I know that I have to tell you, I'm like not a clean, tidy person. And we moved and we have more space and there's a part of me that's been really proud and like it's good because I feel as though I have a better understanding of like how to care for a home. And so our house, it's just like, you know, there's not dishes all over the counter at all times and there's like some clean laundry and I've just been feeling good about that. But I know that like it would take it would be so hard for me if like both girls are down and that miracle has happened and it's one o'clock and I, you know, just had another cup of coffee and I'm feeling so good. What do I want to spend my time doing? I want to like text back a friend. I want to do the dishes. I want to like paint or knit or do other things that give my soul, you know, life and joy. But I know that like you're saying, ultimately – that is so, so fulfilling. I'm going to like reap the reward of that. Even if it's like my husband gets home late and I'm like kind of annoyed about where he put his shoes or something. It's like that will fuel me and feed me mm-hmm. for those moments Yeah, when I need extra just love and patience about things that don't really matter, you know, mm-hmm. whereas anyways, I just, I really appreciate that concept because that's not one that I've necessarily heard before. I've heard a lot of um, moms who are so wise, like, talk, which I need to hear this all the time about how good and how important and helpful it can be even just to wake up 10 minutes early to mm-hmm. to be with the Lord. But this idea that, you know, you don't necessarily have to wake up at 5 a.m. It's just using those pockets of time well. Mm-hmm. That is so encouraging to me. So thank you for, for sharing that yeah. idea. And like you said, when you were talking about IHOP and how you would like turn that on as you're nursing the twins, I think sometimes just like having this permission that it's okay if time with the Lord looks different in different seasons and it's not like one size fits all. Mm -hmm. I think, again, new moms or just moms in general, like need to be reminded of that. I know I need to be reminded of that, that yeah, God isn't just like one note and it's not like a formula, you know? I I feel like I feel like um, as much as I love waking up in the morning and reading my Bible, the times where I feel like I experience or I just have that like emotional response, I guess, to the Lord um, is when I'm like getting supper ready. And I honestly, I turn on Jesse and I's music and I listen to stuff that we haven't released yet. And just like, I don't know, um, just take notes on if I hear something that maybe needs switched or which usually doesn't happen because Jesse's a rock star. 
And um, so, but I turn it on and I listen and I'm, you know, cutting food and cooking stuff. And I turn on, um, right now it's our psalm stuff. And so many times I end up just crying. (laughs) Sometimes I like get on my knees and sometimes I just like lift my hands and cry. And the kids are there and they see it and they feel it. And sometimes, um, sometimes if I'm like actually like legitimately lament crying about something, they'll come in and just like put a hand on me and be like, they don't know what to do or what to say, but they're like genuine presence of like, I see you mom. And I'm like going to come and be with you. Okay. Uh, it's beautiful to me. It's so beautiful to me that my kids are like, Oh, nourishing myself. Wow. You know, even if your first fruit is knitting, how, like, Lord, how do I, how do I bring you into that? You know, he's like also relationship, you know, Mm -hmm. he's walking with Adam and Eve in the garden. He's not like go and sit somewhere and, you know, (laughs) listen to me speak. He's like, let's, let's walk. Let's like Mm. do something that you enjoy. I'm guessing they enjoyed it. I think I would. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They were doing something they enjoyed and the Lord was with them and walking Mm. with them. And yeah, so for me, it's like, as I'm cooking, that I'm experiencing the Lord as well. Um, You know, if you're knitting, if you're painting, or, you know, logistically also, when Ada and Rufus were two, I was pregnant with our other, whenever they both fell asleep for a nap, I was in the hallway between them napping, (laughs) you know? Like I was (laughs) napping because I needed to sleep. And there's like, there's permission for that also. Like that- Mm good and healthy as well. That's so good. Thank you. And gosh, I I love hearing as well just like your your heart for modeling what it looks like to as you said like be reading your bible, be lamenting, be praying and crying and doing all these things because I think so often I feel like I have to I don't know, like hold it together for my kids or like I I have a hard time kind of just releasing my emotions and then I feel like I go to church on Sunday and then I just like cry the whole time. I don't wear like any makeup at all when I go to church anymore because I'm like, I know I'm just going to (laughs) just weep in in the presence of the Lord. But I think that is just such another um, great like tangible example of how that can impact our kids in such a positive way way is to like let them in on that and invite them in and like model that. And that is going to be so formational for them. And yeah, it's it's good to have those moments like in the quiet, like secret places, but it's also okay for them to see that too. Yeah. That's so good. I'm pretty girly in a lot of ways, but mothering two under two honestly does not leave that much time for getting ready in the mornings. One thing I always look forward to though is my skincare routine and I recently discovered Osea Malibu. I am absolutely obsessed. Osea is a skincare brand with a radical commitment to clean ingredients and sustainability. Their products are made with earthen materials like salts, clay, seaweed, and essential oils. My current favorite is their algae body oil because my skin has been so dry this winter and it just makes my skin feel absolutely amazing. I also really have been loving their ocean cleanser. If you want to try Osea's magical skincare products, visit oseamalibu.com and use the code PAGE10 for 10% off your order. That's PAGE10 to get 10% off your Osea order, and you can also find the link in the show notes. 
So I would love to hear a bit more about your Psalms project because mm-hmm. I love it. I love it so much. And it's just one of the biggest things for me um, that I've gleaned from it is just like memorizing scripture. I feel like, I don't know, it's just so much easier when I have a tune. Yeah. And so I'll just catch myself singing some of the Psalms that you've you've written, you know, chords to before because it is easier with my my mom brain or just my brain these days to do that. So can you tell us a bit about when that started and what that process has been like for you guys? Yeah. Oh, it's been so amazing. It's been just amazing. So I mentioned earlier the church that we first worked at, um, we had two hours every morning of just like devotional time. And Jesse at that time, his major from college was creative writing. And he just felt like he needed to like read every Psalm and like, not necessarily rewrite it, but like write it in a poetry form. And so he has this book and he got, I don't know, maybe 130 in and then the church stopped or whatever. I don't know how the right way to explain it, but the church was no longer a church community. And so Jesse had that book and it was kind of put away and we moved once, we moved twice, we moved again. And finally we moved into this house and we were unpacking stuff and he found the notebook again and kind of set it out and was like, that'd be cool to write songs for the Psalms. And, but we just, okay, that'd be fun someday. And then in the summer of 2019, we both felt like, let's try it. Um, We had become a nonprofit We did our Golgotha stuff. Um, We have another set of music called Firstborn, and it's through um, the Christmas story. And it's it just Mm -hmm. highlights each of the people, not each. um, It highlights particular people, obviously, Mary and Joseph and Zechariah in the temple and then Elizabeth when she sees Mary and then Christ. And so we had that other set of music and just thought, well, that would be cool as we're trying to figure out how we're a nonprofit, how we make music, how that creates revenue in some way. Right. So we thought, okay, well, let's, we've got this idea. My favorite part about all of the stuff we do is just like dreaming up the ideas. Mm. I also really enjoy the implementing as well, but the dreaming part is like, how can we make this beautiful and how can it connect the dots and how can it become like its own personhood And so we thought, okay, let's give it a go. We have this idea. We'll start January 2020. Um, The first day of January 2020 is a Wednesday. And we had already thought, well, if we released them on Wednesday, for some reason, Wednesdays felt right. And the first day of the year was a Wednesday. And so we're like, okay, this is cool. But 150 weeks of this, that's like a long time. You know, we started when the kids, when our oldest were, I don't know, five and we're like, well, you guys are going to be eight when we finish this. Like, whoa, that seems crazy. Yeah, I can't imagine that's as an eight-year-old. Wild, yes. Yeah. And so um, Jesse particularly was like, Lord, I really need like a confirmation that we can do this. And so Jesse just started to write. And he wrote the first like 20 Psalms in two weeks. And just felt like the Lord was just constantly meeting him, constantly providing creativity and words. And they were just beautiful. And so we're like, well, let's do it. (laughs) You know, we don't have all 150 done, but we've got the first 20. Let's start. We started January, 2020. And then, uh, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 weeks in, 
you know, things started transpiring with COVID and then things started getting canceled and everybody had to be inside and couldn't do their regular things and churches couldn't meet corporately and different things like that. And we immediately were shocked that the Lord provided it not only for us, but for anybody who heard about it, I guess. Um, Yeah. And uh, it wasn't just another project for us. It was in a perfect time for his perfect purposes. And so, yeah, so we've just been booking, we've just been going and going and going. And um, let's see, this week marks 110. So we're getting, it feels like we're getting closer. And then sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, there's still 40 weeks. And Jesse does most of the work. I mean, he does all of the the tech part of it. He does um, all of the releasing and he wakes up every Wednesday at like, he wakes up at like five every morning anyways, but every Wednesday, you know, for the last 110 weeks, he's been awake by five to like, make sure everything's out and working properly. Mm -hmm. And so I think he's, you know, excited when Wednesday morning isn't like a, he wakes up with his brain moving, but it's been such a beautiful process. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. been such, I don't know. It's just been really lovely, but I also, I, I really like taking challenges. I enjoy the pressing into the long haul of loving the Lord, not like 10 easy steps and you're a believer forever. You know, (laughs) it's an everyday, it's an everyday choice and sacrifice. Not not necessarily sacrifice. I guess you could say it's a sacrifice unto the things of this world. Mm. But, you know, the more you love him, the more you want to be with him, the less it feels like a sacrifice and actually the greatest pleasure. Yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah, we're 110 weeks in and it's been amazing. And we're dreaming about, you know, other things as well as trying to finish it well. And yeah, we just... Last night we worked up in the studio after the kids went to bed and we're almost done with 119 and okay yeah so that one is uh it's going to be like a a song for each little portion and so it's been a mm-hmm. lot of extra work yeah but it's been just beautiful cuz it's the wow. word of God and I get to s- study it with my husband and enjoy it with my husband and it's been such a joy Yes, I love that. And I just want to say like, thank you. Thank you for all of the the work and time and energy and attention you guys are putting into this because like the word of God lives forever and it's yeah. something that we just like keep coming back to. And so I think it's incredible that like I we listen to it a lot in the car when we drive. And I love that there's just a song that like, I don't know, I want I want my girls to remember like listening to these Psalms growing up and for that to be an easy way for them to like memorize scripture. And I love, I love dreaming about like long-term things as well as the present. And so that's something I've thought about a lot. And I would love to hear just logistically, is this something that you guys are doing like full-time together or how do you guys make the writing and recording work? Like, obviously you said your kids are sleeping through the night, but is this what you're working on all throughout the day or when are you guys finding the time to do this? Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm still with the kids. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously our oldest are at school and our youngest is still at home. So I'm with them first and foremost. 
Tuesday mornings for like two hours, uh, Jesse's with Finney so that I can write. And then Tuesday um, afternoons, we have uh, one of the girls that used to live with us come over and she babysits and plays with them for, I'm, I have lunch with her and we just talk and encourage each other in life. And then um, she's with them for about three hours so that we can work together okay. in the daytime. Because the nighttime nice. is not always the best time for me. <laughs> I'm pretty tired yeah. at eight o'clock. And uh, so so we do that once a week. I kind of have more time to work on it. But then um, Jesse full-time does, you know, work for poor Bishop Hooper, um, okay. whether that's writing, recording. And also there's just, I would definitely say that it has become more of a ministry than we anticipated. Jesse has phone calls. Jesse is so personable and um, just cares about people so much that when someone sends him an email of like, you know, hey, my my daughter has leukemia and she's in the hospital and I can't go in because of all this COVID stuff. The only thing that's like giving me hope and strength is that we both listen to the Psalms at the same time. And so Jesse's like, let me call you and talk with you and care for you. And so he does a lot of person to person ministry as well, Mm -hmm. which we didn't anticipate. We didn't see that coming. Honestly, when we started, particularly every Psalm, we thought, you know, People in our family and friends in our church community would probably like it. Yeah. But we had no idea that it would be such a global thing. I mean, people listen all over the world. It's amazing. Yeah. You can, I don't know, Jesse knows how to go on. You can find this map that, I don't know, through <laughs> Spotify or iTunes. I don't know. You can yeah. see where people have been listening and how many people have been listening in every country. And it's like, what in the world? Yeah. I have no idea. But Oh, it's amazing. It's beautiful. And so, um, yes, Jesse full-time then is up in the studio, whether that's writing or right now he's figuring out scheduling our Golgotha stuff, mm-hmm. which we travel somewhat in Lent. We did more okay. so in the past. The last two years have been totally different. And then this upcoming year, uh, it's just been hard. We, um, our favorite, our, I can't say our favorite, we, we do a lot of going to different towns and doing our Golgotha music, the Stations of the Cross stuff in a Mm -hmm. church, and then finding a prison or correctional facility around. And then we go into a lot of prisons um, and jails and also perform it, which is just so beautiful. And it's just, it's really lovely. I really, I really enjoy going and being able to bring something beautiful into the places that are, you know, stripped of all forms of beauty. Yeah. Right. I mean, rightly so for everyone's safety or whatever. It's lovely to get to go in. Yeah. So right now he's scheduling all of that stuff and COVID is still kind of throwing things up in the air and making what we thought it was going to be something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so neat. Yeah. Um, real quick, I want to hear about, I know you said that you, some friends of yours, have allowed you guys to live in this home. But I also know that you share this home with other people, right? Yeah. We oh my have, gosh. Right now we're in a time where we're not. Okay. So we've lived in this house for three years and I don't know, we've had 10, 12 people live with us all, you know, different times. Yeah. So it's a large house and I am a small, simple type of person 
And so Jesse and I have a room, our kids all share a room, and then there's three more rooms in the house that are okay. <laughs> and wow. so um, we've had people live with us. Some of them have been close friends and some of them have been strangers. Not necessarily, okay, that's that's a far fish. No strangers. They've been, <laughs> um, so one of them is a girl that actually has done a lot of artwork that collaborates with our music. And mm-hmm. I just met her. She was a student at the art school and we live a block away from the Kansas City Art Institute. And on Monday mornings, before the kids were in school, now that they're in school, it is, it's too much. But yeah. before they went to school or before the twins were in school, on Monday mornings, I would set up a little table on the sidewalk and give anybody who wanted coffee and just meet people. Um, since we're so close to campus, campus has a low, they have dorms that just can't house that many people. And so a lot of people live in the apartment complexes on the other side of our house. And so lots of people walk to campus. Okay. So I would just sit outside and yell at people, you want free coffee? And sometimes they would ignore me. And I'm like, how did you not? You totally heard me. This is so weird. Okay. Yeah. And Lauren was one of them that she would walk to class on Monday mornings and I would see her. And then one day I was like, Lauren, you just are so sweet. Um, You're very kind and gentle. I just have to know do you have any relationship with Jesus? And she's like, yes, I do actually. And so she was living with a non-believer and was like, it's the worst thing in the world. I don't have any other options though. And we said, move in the house. We've got an extra room. And so she moved in and we had two other people with us at the time. And then the other two people moved out and then she brought some of her friends in. And so this last year we had four girls in the house with us which was a lot. It was amazing and so beautiful and definitely a season, definitely a moment of time that we were willing, you know, to choose to give. Yeah. But then through us saying we need some time just as a family and through two of them graduating, one of them moved to the Czech Republic. The other one got a great job and can live um, on campus of where she's working Everybody moved out uh, the end of August. And so we've been in the house alone for a couple months and just have our hands open. Lord, what are you doing? Because it doesn't make sense for us to have three empty bedrooms in the house. Mm. But it's been a beautiful thing. I've learned a lot as a mother um, having these other women live in the house and uh, they're not my kids. And how do I have beautiful, healthy relationships with them that when we live in a house together. And so it's more than just a friendship. And how do I, you know, we learned about their lives and learned about the difficult things of their lives and talked through relationships. And then in the end, I might say, Hey, I think that if I was in your shoes, I would do this. And then they don't do it or what, like they do something else. How do I love them well? And I've, I'm really grateful because I think it has prepared me hopefully to be a good parent as our kids get older and as they make their own choices that I'm like, what? You're tripping. That's crazy. <laughs> Don't do that. I, yeah, it's, it was a very beautiful, special thing. And I'm hopeful that with some of them, that they're lifelong relationships. Yeah. That's so beautiful. That's a really interesting perspective that I'm glad you brought up because I have definitely felt this like awkwardness where I'm still quite young, but I've like been married 
and have two kids. And sometimes I'm like, I like to help with the youth group. I'm really passionate about like high school, college age kids and, and young adults. And yes, just that like sometimes wanting to say something or give some advice, but also feeling like, yeah, they're, they're not my responsibility and I am not in control. And I know that when I was that age, you know, I felt similarly, or I don't know, just being unsure as to what some of those, those boundaries are. Was that, um, was that Henry Cloud's book, by the way, that you were referencing earlier? Uh, you talked about the boundaries book. I, I'm trying to that think. That sounds familiar. Um, okay. I, I can't remember the last name. I just know it was boundaries, when to say yes, when to say no. So good. Because I've read like, I'm like three quarters through a book right now that I think is similar to that one. So, yeah. so good. Goodness, Leah, I could just ask you like so many more questions, but I know we've already been chatting for an hour and I want to be respectful of your time. So we are just going to wrap up with a few kind of like rapid fire questions that I like to ask every single guest who comes on. So I would love to know what are three things that you have been loving lately? Mm. Okay. Uh, We've started implementing like a practical Sabbath routine. Mm. And, um, so Friday nights at four, we start and we go for 24 hours. So Saturday until four and we turn off everything, even the lights, we don't turn on lights. Oh my goodness. We just do candles and like oil lamps. And I think to some people that might seem a little bit weird, but it has, it creates such a calm in our kids. They go to bed so calm and it's fun. When we just have candles uh, lit and it's simple and beautiful. And um, so we eat supper. So we make like a a special supper and we don't do like desserts and sweets throughout the week. But then Friday we do. And Uh after we eat, we like clean off the table and all. And, And it's really great with the lights off because you can't see how messy things are. And I really like, you know, making sure the table's kind of cleaned off, but you can't see it. <laughs> wow. It's really I great. love that. It's really yeah. great. And then we have dessert and we play a game and it's been fantastic. So we play this mm. game and each one of us picks a category. Like, uh, for instance, I, I could say something like a candle or tree. And then everybody has to tell a story in the Bible where that happens and the kids do it. Like even our four-year-old, he does wow. it. So we read, um, and it's called the Action Bible. And so we read that every night with them. And and then I, I tell them every night stories. And so they remember, oh, one of them, how our youngest is four and he likes butt cheeks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so his, his uh, theme a couple weeks ago was butt cheeks. And we're like, okay, where's our butt cheeks? Well, Noah is naked and his brother, uh, the sons, you know, walk back and cover his naked butt. Um, Then there's David sends some of his warriors, I don't know, some of his men to a neighboring city and they think that it's a threat. And so they cut off their pants and they cut their, they cut their beards so that you see their butt cheeks. You know, there's, I'm amazed. There's like more stories in there about butt cheeks than you think about. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so we all tell a story. Um, so we each pick a theme and then somebody says a story and, you know, it, sometimes it's, you know, I don't, Ram. Noah had a Ram on the ark, probably that might be somebody's example, or it might Mm -hmm. be 
something more elaborate. And then after everybody does it, we get like, if it's cookies, like we get one cookie or like a, a bite of our cake or whatever brownie. Yeah. And then the next person goes and it slows us down and we, it just slows the night down. It's so beautiful. Mm. So creating an actual Sabbath rhythm, which we've never known how to do well and always kind of struggled, even like in the past, having worked in a church, Sundays were kind of, were work days. Yeah. Um, now that the kids are in school, one of, it's been beautiful also to see the kids and they love Friday nights because they know it's Sabbath. Mm, wow. One of their friends had a birthday party on a Saturday morning and, you know, Jesse and I aren't like, you know, rigid is this or that we want to protect it. But we yeah. also don't want to be a religious about it and make it unenjoyable. And so I said, you guys want to go to your friend's party? It was at some like trampoline house thing. And they're like, well, it's during Sabbath. So I don't want to I'm like, okay, are you sure? Cause we could, we could go and it'd be fine. And they're like, no, we want to, we want a Sabbath. And so that has been beautiful. Wow. Um, you know, and we're like, how's this going to work when they're 13, when they're 16. And I hope that it, it still is something that's restful and beautiful and a time together. But, you know, there are some, there are some times where it, it doesn't happen. You know, like I mentioned, we went to Wichita last weekend and it was different or little things can interrupt it or stop it short, but we want to at least have a game plan to value it and to actually yes. set an example of what does it look like to rest, particularly in a world that is ever increasing in its busyness and you're more productive, the more busy you are and the more things you do and your kids have to do sports and they have to do every club. And how can we set a different example that mm. that's not all that life is about? Those are fun things and they're great, but one step at a time. So Sabbath yeah. has been beautiful. I just love being outside with the kids. And so just anytime we're outside, um, this past weekend's been beautiful and we're just outside all the time and yeah, exploring with them. And going slow. And yesterday we went on a walk and we found a bunny's foot and it was just crazy. And then we went to this place where there's lots of trees and the kids were all playing that they were gorillas. And Phineas had this thing in his hand and he came over to Jesse and I and was like, look at this thing I found. And it looked like a stick. And Jesse's like, that's a bone. <laughs> and we're like, ah, gross. Um, so just being outside and going slow. Yeah. You know, I think when Jesus said, like, consider the lilies and consider the birds of the air, I really take that literally. I consider the birds. Every time I go outside, I try to find them. And if mm. there's things growing from the ground, I really take the time to try to consider them. And then with kids, inviting them in, they all, they'll love yes. it. You know, that's exciting and exploring bugs and watching how things grow. And... uh isn't it amazing how our children can like model that for us? I mean, Flora like can hear a bird over the noise of the car or something else and she'll point like bird. And I'm like not thinking about that at all. I'm thinking about dinner and I'm thinking yeah. about all of these other things. And I love how I get to learn from her in yeah. that way too. She's just so tuned in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the last thing I'm enjoying is I've read, I just finished reading a book by a, a lady here in Kansas city. Oh, it was, it's called, um, longing for his return. And it, it just, she really communicated in a beautiful way, 
how to live here and now in uh, a world that's very, we're just saturated in trinkets and um, how do we hunger for the Lord and how do we truly long for his return? And it was just really beautiful and influential. And I really, I'm really thankful for that. That's so good. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and just this whole this whole interview has been so encouraging for me personally, and I know it will be for our listeners and just makes me love your guys' music even more. I would love to know how we as a community can be praying for you and for your family and your ministry. Oh, thank you. I would just say um, for this next Lent season, we Jesse's goal this year was to do um, as many prisons as we do church communities. And we've watched all but one of the prisons has had to cancel due to low staffing, due to COVID. And there's a chance that some of them might reopen. Yeah. But just that nothing of the enemy would get in the way. If mm. that's like an answer from the Lord for us to not be as busy then I'll receive that. And if that is something of the enemy not wanting beautiful things to be shared in all sorts of places, um, prayer for that. And this is the first year we will have done an element of traveling and the kids have been in school. And so just okay. how to how to rightly do that well and to honor the kids first and foremost. Hmm. Yeah, just I would just say for the for the Lent season. Yeah, yeah definitely. Thank you so much for asking. Of course. Yeah, that is definitely one of my my goals is to just allow the community of listeners to be praying alongside of each other. And I would love to know where people can find you and connect with you and hear your music. Oh, gosh, I'm the wrong person to ask on that. <laughs> I think on – I know like we have stuff on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes – I don't know if there are other options, but they might be on that too. <laughs> okay. Jesse does all of that. And I seriously am so tech low. <laughs> so, um, but I know on those different platforms, you can, you can listen there. Great. And, and you website. guys have a website as well. I think, I think that's how I got Jesse's email and how yeah. I got in touch with you. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's just poorbishophooper.com. Org? Com? Com? I am one of those. <laughs> uh, dot com. Okay. Dot I have com. it pulled up here. Okay. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Leah, this was such a joy to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking time out of yeah. your day to, to share with us. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to another episode of Love in a Cottage. I am so grateful you decided to join us today, and I hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged, understood, and inspired. If you like today's show, I would love to encourage you to share it with a girlfriend. You can also screenshot this episode and share it on your Instagram stories, which will help more like-minded women find our show. Speaking of Instagram, while you're there, why don't you go ahead and follow us? Because, guys, I promise we're super fun. <laughs> we share content there throughout the week about the show, and it's a great way to connect with fellow listeners and keep up with the guests that you might have heard. We also do fun quarterly giveaways and just share inspiring content. If you're looking for more connection, you can also join our Facebook group, which is linked in the show notes of every episode. There are weekly episode discussions, and it's a great way to find friends and listeners who might be in your area. 
And finally, if you'd like to support us, you can please write a review on iTunes because this will help boost our show so other like-minded women can find it. Your support means so much to me, you guys. Thank you again for being here. So grateful for you. We'll see you next week for another episode. 